Yo, yo, what's going on? It's CJ Today Slayer from the Upgrade America podcast. Shout out to our new upgraders from Gulfport, Mississippi. Hey. And uh, from Las Vegas, Nevada. What's going on? Shout out to Nellis. Shout out for doing Silver Flag years ago in my military days. I forgot what that base is called. But anyway, that's neither here or there. Um, hey, uh, hope you had a great Memorial Day weekend. Um, thanks for supporting us, liking, sharing, subscribing, comments. We're starting to see more comments now on YouTube. On the YouTube visual podcast, be aware there is some profanity, racial slurs, and also... Um, violent content within the podcast. Thanks for listening. Peace. Every man's king of this world, at least it should be. You don't gotta fear me, and you don't gotta love me. But you gotta hear me, cause I'm addressing the public. All rough and rugged, I'm big with no stomach. Uh, who got your gas like balloons? You're warm like Mayweather, I'm hot like late June. Punchlines like Mayweather can't stop me. But soon I'ma get you knocked out of your whole career ruin, son. Talk dirty, talk money, speak fluently. I just spit the facts, you just say true indeed. Big and pock, my ghostwriters influence me. You can do anything you want if you truly believe. Place your faith in me if you don't believe in anything. You just let's get started. Ready? What's up, world? I'm Cameron Ross, 2020 presidential candidate and host and executive producer of Upgrade America, greatest show on earth and soon to be Mars. Shout out to Elon Musk. I heard he's about to do a his first manned uh, flight into space working with. Oh NASA. wow! We'll talk a little bit about that a little later on the show. But yo, what's goody, Chris? How you doing down there in Orlando, man? Blessed and grateful, man. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good to go. Like Avengers ship though, man. What's up? Got the Iron Man. Who else is on there? Yeah, I gotta think. Hulk, uh, Captain America yeah. looks like Thanos. Yeah. I'm trying to see who's that in the corner. Yeah, that's what I got going. Thor down there because I see his hammer. Yeah, I think it's yeah. I like uh, you Marvel over DC. I'm more of a Marvel head. Yeah, me too. Um, I I don't mind. I like Green Lantern, Batman. I like I those like two. And yeah. Superman is uh, arguably one of the strongest superheroes in, in the in the universe. But you know, we'll say that for another episode. Oh, I like Wonder Woman too. Shout out oh. to her too. She's dope. So okay. what we got? What we got? We got a lot going on. I say we got a lot. The world is giving us a lot of headlines to discuss. But you already know, um, we gotta address it, man. Yeah. Joe Biden and what the hell he was talking about. I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. It don't have nothing to do with Trump. It has to do with the fact I want something for my community. I would love to see- Take you a look at my record, man. I extended the voting racks 25 years. I have a record that is second to none. The NAACP's and- You ain't black if you ain't voting for, for Biden. Yo, I'm not so much enraged, but I'm disappointed. I'm more so disappointed about the response of the, the black community that's trying to defend his remarks. Yes. Oh, he apologized, so it's, yo, yeah, it, it's one thing to apologize, but um, really take what he said in, in, into context. 
And then the fact that he had to, it, it almost seems like he uh, tried to not really use the race car. He tried to like take the race car. Yeah. About uh, what, uh, what he said, you are not black if you ain't uh, voting for, for Biden. That didn't sit well with me. Because, you know, I've heard that term, you ain't black, a lot of times in my childhood. And, and more often than not, it was associated with dumb stereotypes. Yes. Like, oh, you, you don't play ball, you're not a good dancer, you ain't black. You don't like fried chicken, you ain't black. And that's it's kind of like what he's trying to do to revoke the race card. And that's, um, it's, again, I'm not enraged, I'm, I'm sad. It's disappointing that it's come to that. But what are your thoughts, man? I, like, I had to watch because that, that, that little headline caught my attention. I was like, all right, let me get the full context. So I watched the interview. Mm-hmm. Charlemagne did a great job in that interview. That's one of his better interviews. He's, he kept composed. He kept focused on the uh, Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. And it was on the Breakfast Club for you guys that don't know. A very popular morning segment, uh, syndicated show nationwide. Uh, very popular. The, one of the uh, polarizing figures, Charlemagne the God, was interviewing Joe Biden. Oh, yeah. So, I was just really, I was just like, I saw, how do I put it? Arrogance and his very condescending interview. Yes, I, I do, uh, I agree with and, you on that. And he was definitely pandering, because he was like, yeah, man, like, kept doing this shit. And I was like, aren't we past that in 2020? Like, you do know that blacks are intellectuals, like, you're, and I, I dare say that you and you and I are uh, an example of that. And what I found even more offensive was the choice of language. It didn't say you are not black. He said you ain't, emphasizing the the ubonics, so to speak, and, and trying to, to. It was pandering at, at, at its best. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with you on that, man. And I don't know. I like how the interview oppressed him. Mm-hmm. Like he did not let up on him. He was like, "Yo, what about when you sign? Uh, what was it? The four crime bill and the eighty bill. eighty something uh, sentencing policies or something like that." There for, are quite a few, uh, yeah. and it's like why I am again. I'm not upset. At this mm-hmm. It's because it's like. The Democratic Party masquerades around like they are the pro-black mm-hmm. or African-American party. And this is what you this is what you have. This is what you come forth with. And it's like, again, all the Democrats and, you know, black people as well. They're like, well, Trump is racist. And Trump said, I don't care what Trump said. He does not go around saying I'm pro-black and, and uh, the GOP is not renowned to be the traditional party of black people. The Democratic Party has. And, and so far, it seems they're falling short of addressing black issues. And yeah. when you're coming out with the... How would you classify his statement? Like, what, what, what words would you use? Would you, I, I, obviously, I'd call it racism, but what, what else would you use? To, to oh, those statements? Like I said, condescending and arrogant, and yep. it was kind of like he expects you to be uninformed, which, let's be honest, most Americans are kind of uninformed on politics, the political process, but I would say... Thank God for that Upgrade America podcast. You know, 
So I would say, though, we are a lot more socially aware between COVID having to sit our asses down and you mm-hmm. have a spare time to look into this shit. And, and watch us. Yeah. <laughs> and then also, like, figure out how you're voting this fall. Like, so I, I would say people are very socially aware, especially after uh, Trump's election, to be honest. One thing I can give them credit for is activating the American people. Yeah. on learning about the American process, like the political process. So I don't know, man. It was just really, and I'm like, y'all want us to vote for that? and But you're dogging out Trump, but at least he is who he is. And that's why I respect about the man, like, I guess I, I'm not black because I'm not voting for Biden. Now. I'm not voting for Trump. But at the same time, it's like, um, I respect Trump because he is clear about being a jerk. Like he doesn't go to great lengths trying to hide that. He doesn't try to. Well, he has his photo ops with mm-hmm. uh, with the black community. He has countless uh, photo ops with, with with that showing like, hey, he's engaging with with you know black people. He, he, he's doing different things and, and he has the video evidence for that. He doesn't go around like trying to be like that's his brand. He doesn't, and for, to some extent, I, I respect that. But again, with the, the traditional Democratic Party, it's just like you expect, you expect that you have the black vote because you've been getting it for so long. Mm-hmm. And you know, you got notable Democrats like like Kennedy historically and everything, and, and who I believe to some extent did some things for for civil rights movement. And it's like, you can't just go off of that strength. Like, okay, well, the Democrats helped black people in the 60s. So like 2020, they, you know, it, it's, it's, it's all lies on, on me. They, they, they really care. And I don't think that's the case. You've mentioned uh, that you have read over Biden's policies and uh, he, you mentioned something about reparations and other things for the black community. You got any thoughts on that? Like I, what I read was like typical uh, what is what are politi- political vagueness? Mm-hmm. I saw. I was looking for economic plan, reparations, mm-hmm. um, obviously education, healthcare, because we're we're basically screwed on those ends. Um, I saw some stuff. Reparations very short. It's like, oh, we're gonna study it. There's nothing to study. Study how you're gonna disperse the money. That how you're gonna set this shit up. And that's what we should be worrying about. Implementation and action. That's that's what reparations should be. There's no more studying to do, really. It's all about implementing it. Um, and I get, uh, get his his approach, his strategy for that. It's a realistic mm-hmm. thing that you can do. So if you come in mm-hmm. the office first term, it's like, yeah, look at me. I started the committee to, to study reparations. And so, so next time he's like, hey, I, I said I'm going to do that because it's really nothing tangible. That seems that would come out of that. Exactly. Um, I don't know. I was just reading through it. It's like typical stuff everybody says to me when I was reading it. I, nothing really stood out to me. And then the fact that um, he hasn't decided on a running mate yet. And everybody's kind of calling for, you know, because this is the Black People's Party. Like, yo, put a Black female as your running mate. Yes, I've heard about that. And uh, I do believe he was betting someone that was not a black female. Charlemagne mentioned it. I, I don't recall her name. Was but, it? It wasn't Kamala Harris, was it? No. Or was it some? Oh, it was Amy. Uh, yeah, Amy something, and I don't recall her last name. Yeah, she's like a senator in what Minnesota or New York or something. 
Biden's response was that like, yeah, he has plenty of black females that are currently being vetted, but he just didn't disclose their names. And that's to be determined. So my, uh, my gripes and complaints mm-hmm. with, with Joe Biden is particularly is like, um, again, don't try to say you're, you are like, you're the black person, the black person's candidate until you have something more tangible to offer. Absolutely. And look at the track record, and this is what he mentioned on uh, the Breakfast Club. He's like, look at my record, all this bullshit, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, let's take a closer look at your, your record with the 94 crime bill. How has that helped black people? Because you're, you're so pro-black, because if you don't know who you're voting for, <laughs> you ain't black. So let's, let's talk about the 94 crime bill. How has that helped the black community? Let's talk about the three strikes law. How has that helped the black community? Let's talk more about the crack laws. How has that helped the black community? Let's talk more about uh, his, uh, I don't want to say inquisition, his campaign, his crusade against uh, against marijuana, where it's just now in a gray area because some states are making it legal, recreation, yeah. and medically. And Uncle Joe wants to reverse these, uh, these actions and saying, well, I'll decriminalize it, but yeah. for legalization. And I'm gonna be a stereotypical black person, but I have a lot of black friends, and not all of them, but a majority of them, are, are, are quite a few bit of them, they smoke weed. And um, just to have it lingering in, in limbo, where people's freedoms can be, uh, people can get in lawful trouble over this ridiculous substance that has been proven, that has medical facts has been proven that to help people combat veterans as, as well, right? And you want to stand in, in, the, in the way of that and call yourself a pro-black. Um, it's, I, 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 don't, I don't know, it's like, uh, again, it's like, give me, offer me something. You know, you, uh, the, the black world is like, what, let's just say the population is 13%. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a significant chunk of, of the voting populace. So don't pander to me, cater to me. And I don't think he has done that. But uh, I can rain on this all day. It's just like, you know, it, well, the other thing- I'm going to go cry myself to sleep after listening to all these, uh, these, these, these black people uh, defending his actions. Oh, yeah. he apologized. He apologized. Like, nah. That that all that's dead yeah. now. Like people know what's going on. People know what you say when you say it. Even if you talk politically correct, people know how to read between the lines now. Like people are not dumb. Um, the other thing that kind of kind of pissed me off was we always black people always get seen to put in this category with um, crime reform, um, drugs. And like, and just this comment with COVID, like y'all out here dying. Like, hold up, we're not the face of COVID. Once again, I brought that up the other episode. Like, how he blatantly just was like, "What? What choice do you?" I forgot how how it started. It's like the beginning of the interview. He's like, "Y'all out here dying from COVID, black people." And I'm like, so it's like I, I'm not too, I'm not confident with the numbers or the data. You exactly. Know, that I, I don't have a clue what's really going on, but I, I agree with you. Like, I don't think that African American people are the face of COVID, and um, that's just not good enough. So overall, like I was telling people, I had discussions on Twitter um, that 
you might as well just get ready for 2024. Trump's gonna win again because you don't have a you don't have a good candidate to even compete with him. The dude don't even have a fucking running mate already. Like fucking uh, primaries are not far off, and you're still vetting. Like you should have had this shit in the bag when you won in South Carolina. You should already had your fucking running mate. But you wait. Like. Y'all not expediting, y'all not changing your message to try to get this surge before the actual election. Like, I don't know what the fuck they're doing in this campaign, to be honest. And I, I agree with you, and, and I hate to break this to all these Democratic supporters, but Obama got to And I do take that back because they, they're pretty... I don't know what lengths uh, the Democratic Party will go to, to, to hold office, to, to gain power. You know, we can uh, we can discuss voting from home. Mm -hmm. You mentioned this before, how it seems like when you look at the the epicenters for COVID, it seems to be these Democratic states. Granted, a lot of the Democratic states tend to be populated cities. Let's take uh, New York City, for instance. You know, Mm -hmm. New York is a blue state. And I don't know. It's like... Do you think that they would fudge numbers to, mm-hmm. how do you say, to say close polls so that mail-in, people would use mail-in ballots and you can you can fudge that too? There's a there's an article that was going on that said that somehow that mail-in ballots from South Carolina or something like that ended yeah. up in... Ended up where? In Maryland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so it's like there's a big margin of error i know you said it upgrade america policy for the future check it out on amazon uh kindle and it's like laid it out in there voting online i think there's more authentication you can be more uh, oversight less possibility for fraud you know yes. if you can move trillion dollars if you can move trillions of dollars on- online we can move a single vote Got my stimulus check direct deposit. That was all digital. Like sure. this whole mail-in uh, thing, it's a big, it's leaves such a, so much room for fraud. And if you guys don't see it, like COVID is political. Yes, there could very well be a, a killer deadly virus out there, but like this, if this is being leveraged politically. Oh, absolutely. Um, I totally agree with that. Again, it's, it's how desperate are they? Uh, is this party? You look, look at their who they presented when they were before they narrowed it down. Granted, I admire Bernie and I like Yang. Like, if, if you guys figure out that yo, know, this this Biden guy can't cut, bring Yang back. I like him, but um, they seem pretty desperate. And yeah. And uh, people do desperate shit. That's true because I. I... I'm still trying to wrap my head around how Biden won that nomination. Establishment, elite Democrats. That's all I can say. I think so, too. And, and that should really go to show this guy really represents you. Like, Democratic people, young voters, black voters, like, all of them. This guy really... Or does he just represent the party? And I think that's what, really, again, just like I mentioned, with people in bad sports teams, you see people that are clinging to the Eagles no matter how bad they suck. Like, yeah. But it's just like, it seems to be the same way with politics. It's just like, this is my team. 
I'm ride or die for him, no matter how awful they are. And yeah. Like, I don't know, man. A dangerous way to, to think. Uh, Chris, I, I can't locate the notes. For, oh, you uh, can't? Nah, man. Any chance you could you could email that to my uh, to my Gmail, my camera rock twenty twenty. Oh shit! Um, I'm looking. I just logged in, and all I got is uh, season two, episode fifty six, and it's because I'm doing it from the browser. Oh, uh, okay. So I need to send it to your email. Yeah, if you could do it, we could try that. That may work because I got a bunch of notes and you know, all the headlines and stuff. Do you have the, you want me to send it to your Gmail, right? Yeah, please. And then I'll just, uh, I'll just, I'll just copy paste it because that'll probably be easier. Okay, cool. But, um, just on the topic, we're still on the topic of this. It's like, and Chris, I know we go back and forth with this whole racism thing, but like, this is another clear example that, yo, know, like, racism is still an issue. It's being leveraged, it's, it's being used to manipulate people. And oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I can tell you that those three words, you ain't black, are very powerful words among, you know, among the, the African Americans. And even that's a, a silly term that we should, we are all American. Europeans yes. won't go around, white people won't go around calling themselves European Americans. We're all American. Absolutely, I agree with that. I, I think that's another term that's used to divide us. But, you know, this is um, very, very disappointing. So, like, I thought you were better than that. But um, I'm very disappointed. I, I don't want to beat that dead horse anymore. And black people, white people, all people, all Americans, like, take that as, as your wake-up call. Granted, he could have got through that whole interview and then just skated. But he All he did was filibuster. He, he had to drop those lines at the end that really, really brought the spotlight on him. But perhaps it's all strategy. I don't know. Good point. We'll see how it works out. And uh, for the record, according to Joe Biden's standards, I'm not black. <laughs> <laughs> I am American. I am a man. So, I'm going to ask. I'm gonna ask you this. Can't rot 2020. What's up, bro? You got my vote, sir. Um, Appreciate it, man. Well, I'm gonna write myself in too. Um, so, <laughs> um, I was gonna ask you this question: Do you think next year, next election cycle, we'll be voting online? Do you think that's actually coming now because of the COVID? You know. Oh yeah, I sent the email too. I appreciate that, kind sir. I, I would really hope so. I said that that is one, even prior to COVID, I said, if I take office in 2020 by 2024, I want to make that a thing. And that was prior to even no knowledge about COVID, just yeah. because I heard countless tales of people who had to take off work, travel and do ridiculous things just to exercise their rights. And in this 21st century, this wonderful time of technology that we have where we can push buttons and food comes to your your home in like 30 minutes or packages come to your home and you know in such a amount of time or you can pay child support you know with a push uh -huh. and you're telling me i can't do i can't conduct a singular vote and even you are a further advocate with your experience with the census yes you, know, you, you said uh, how clean and cut and dry and streamlined that was i don't see why we can't do that for voting all my tech heads out there and some of my associates, uh, you know, that I work in IT, where they're like, no, no, you can't do it. But 
I laid it down with the blockchain and um, I don't want to go into that at the, at the moment, but it's pretty freaking secure. It, it is, it's pretty secure. And I think that that can be leveraged and um, FBI, CIA, uh, every, I, maybe Biden's team is watching me now and, and Trump as well. Read my freaking book. I laid it all out there, like <laughs> online voting. I read it. I read both of them. And I, I appreciate the support, but I, I'm very confident that people in power right now, they will read that book and they'll be like, damn, like. Well, we already know we already know they're watching the podcast and listening. So shout out to the intelligence community once again. No doubt. And the intelligence community, yeah, shout them out too. But I know I'm very confident the think tanks are also. Oh, Silicon friends. Valley! Shout That's out right. to you guys. You do have the metrics on Silicon Valley, and they they are observing. I'm talking about the UN, the Bilderberg. The, oh yeah, yeah, the yeah. I know they're looking too. But like I said, there's some pretty good ideas outlined in the book, and you know. Upgrade America. Uh, <laughs> let me um, let me refresh this because I don't think I got it. You sent it to to um, the twenty twenty one or just to yeah twenty twenty. Um, still not seeing it. Refresh, refresh, refresh. Let me check. Uh, yeah, I sent it. It should <laughs> say show notes. We sent in. Um... I didn't send. I didn't send it on the Evernote. I sent it to your actual email. Your Gmail. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking. It's C A M R O N R A twenty twenty. Let me see. Hold on. Um. You got you got Cameron twice, right? right. In, the, in the email. In the email. Uh-huh. Yeah. Actually, actually on Skype. Sorry for the delay, folks. Uh, ain't nothing we can't uh, can yeah. handle. New technology. Yeah, so um, I guess this is where I can fill the gap in. It's like, I got a new computer because my MacBook, while it's a lovely device, it just doesn't have enough power to mix down the podcast. And I was debating on getting a refurbished MacBook Pro. Oh, I sent it to the wrong email, okay. I was, I was debating on getting a refurbished MacBook Pro or a new PC. And Tracy, you had a horror story about a refurbished Mac and it didn't work. Yes, I, I did. Uh. I'm, just, I'm just gonna go with the PC. I ended up getting the Dell Inspiration. Okay. It's a i7 processor, so that's like a yeah, that's good. power yeah. than I had on my my previous one had an i5. I want to say it has like maybe 12 gigabytes of, of RAM, so it's a bit more power as well. Widescreen, I think it's a four, um, 4K webcam, so that's built in, but overall it's a pretty good experience. Okay. So let me check this email if you got the most. All right, hold on, I'm about to send it right now. Absolutely speed. I like how, like, you know, information travels Almost that, uh, not quite at speed of light, but travels pretty freaking fast. I think, and I think our thoughts do though, right? Speed of light, faster. Yeah. So then I, I, I was going to get ready to say that, like, um, that is, that is one of the things that seems to travel faster than the speed of light is our thoughts. Like, we, I'd love to have a conversation on that when I have some 
more notes and, and information. Cool, thanks, bro. Got it. Got it. Over cool. here. But um, yeah, ranting on about Biden. Like, I guess there's a lot of people who are who are dark skinned but not black. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Uh, that's a whole nother episode. We gotta address that on one episode. Talk about that. Yeah, no doubt. We got a whole segment for race cards to talk about racial issues. Yeah. But it's unfortunate we had to, uh, how do you say, headline it with, with the bat. But we had some history on Memorial Day. Let's get into that. So yeah. let's talk about Memorial Day. Um, yeah. You know, I want to I wanna, uh, observe what Memorial Day is. And this is we know we have all these holidays dealing with military members and veterans and all this. Mm-hmm. This one is a very somber but humble reminder of what we do, which yes. is sacrifice our life for the freedoms of America. So, yeah, I'm getting the chills talking about it, actually. Because they're really, uh, there's a couple of uh, faces who flashed through my mind uh, who, who died in, in action, you know? And um, it, it sucks that you've got to take time to remember those people who, who have fallen. Because everyone, it's, we, we're big on freedom on the Upgrade America show, freedom, freedom. And then we say freedom isn't free. And it's almost to the point of it being cliche. But um, you and I know that, and also our fellow veterans, we know that, like, yo, people have died. They lost a lot. Countless people have lost their lives securing freedom and, and keeping America and the world safe and it, again it's to the, the average person it sounds like cliche and it's just like mm. trust me that ultimate sacrifice um, you know for everyone who served and who has perished and lost their life in service to this country let's give them a moment of silence Man, and I, uh, I, I just, I just thought yeah, it's I'm, I'm so grateful that, you know, you and I, we, we made it out uh, alive, and, you know, you, you think about that every time you go down range to do some dangerous shit, like, it could be, that could be that day, but Memorial Day, yeah, we definitely need that time. Service members, as well as uh, civilians, we, we definitely need that time to, uh, I'm going to read this quick excerpt from the New York Times article talking about the unofficial history of Memorial Day. Okay, cool. It'll be real quick. So David W. Blight, a historian at Yale, has a different account of how Memorial Day was started. He traces the holiday back to a series of commemorations that freed Black Americans held in the spring of 1865 after the Union soldiers, including members of the 21st U.S. US Colored Infantry, liberated the port city of Chucktown, Charleston, South Carolina. Represent. Um, The other pastor says, digging through the archive at Harvard, Dr. Bike found that the largest of these commemorations took place on May 1st, 1865 at an old horse, no, at an old race course and jockey club where hundreds of captive Union prisoners had died of disease and had been buried in a mass grave. The black residents exhumed the bodies and gave them proper burials, erected a fence around the cemetery and built an archway over it with the words martyr of the race course so this so is kind of it started off like 
as paying respect to wow i had no idea the roots were in uh, the civil war the post-civil war yeah and it was like basically i read a couple more things basically 10,000 black people then staged a procession of mourning led by thousands of school children carrying the roses and singing the union anthem, John Brown's Body, which is a famed abolitionist who fought against slavery, right? Fun fact, Ethan Hawke has a movie coming out and I do believe he's playing John Brown. Yeah, it's that uh, limited series or whatever. Oh, it's a series? Yeah, it's on Showtime. So I'll be curious to see how they portray the historical events. Because sometimes they have hidden agendas in those kind of movies. Mm -hmm. So really, those shows or movies. So I'm really curious. But just the idea of this guy fighting for slavery as a white male is amazing. He's badass, man. Yeah. Like, not like fighting, like protesting. Like, he was murking. He was murking. As you know, um, I forget what movie I saw where he was portrayed and they did a damn good job. Um... Was it with Matthew McConaughey, right? Oh, man, I don't want to say, was it Lincoln? Was it Lincoln? I don't know. I've never seen I Lincoln. Her Lincoln is good. I need to watch Lincoln it. Lincoln was good. Lincoln was a good movie. I want to say it was on Netflix, and I saw that. Uh, mm-hmm. But and they, there's a representation of John Brown, and he's so charismatic and so passionate. And I was mm-hmm. like, hey, it made me want to study up on him. And I learned a few things, and it was pretty motivating. But, I'm sorry, you mentioned John Brown. Yeah, no, it's all good. Please continue. Um, Hundreds of black women followed with baskets of flowers, wreaths, and crosses. Mm -hmm. Um, Black men, including Union infantrymen, also marched. A children's choir sang spirituals and patriotic songs, including the Star Spangled Banner, which ironically, the third verse is all racist. So I just find all the ironies in this shit. <laughs> like it's crazy. I'm gonna look into that third to third verse. Yeah, the third I verse, I forgot what it is, but it's it's been edited out the Star Swingle Banner. So oh, really? that's you never get it. Have to look at the original one. So we thought we'd give y'all a little unofficial history of where the origins of Memorial Day came from. So that's a little bit from the New York Times. Shout out to them. Even mm-hmm. though they can definitely saw me a thing or two. Yeah, man, it's crazy. So what else we got? International stories. We got a bunch of these. Yes, we do. So hold on, I did a quick search on the original Star Spangled Banner. Okay. Okay, so it says the national anthem has always been tainted with racism. I want to click on this real quick here to see because this was a. I never really took the words in. I heard it countless times, but it's just like. Maybe I had like over seen some things. So yeah. San Francisco's 49ers, Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, let's skip all that. Let's get to the point. It seems there the meaning of hireling and slave. It took 117 years from the time the Star Spangled Banner was written in 1814 until it was legally enshrined as the American National Anthem in 1931. Francis Scott Key wrote the poem that began the song's lyrics on September 14, 1884, after witnessing the British bombardment of Fort Henry in Baltimore during the poorly named War of 1812. He interpreted recently noted Key's little-known third stanza includes the line. Okay, here it is. No refuge could save the hireling and slave from the terror of flight or the gloom of the grave. 
and the star-spangled banner in triumph goes wave. Oh, there the land of the free and the home of the brave. Yeah, so I haven't heard that part. <laughs> I, no, I don't think I've, I've heard that part. Nah. But my understanding is, uh, according to this article, you're saying that's what was in there. And as you mentioned, it was the that was a fun fact that I don't know. What's up, Tracy? Um, thanks surprised. for tuning in on IG Live. We talk about politics, current events, history, uh, social commentary, science, all this good stuff. So we throw, we sprinkle sports in, no sports right now. So just letting you know what we actually talk about. We're just talking about the history of Memorial Day and the history of the Star Spangled Banner. Okay. That's wild. I, I did not know that. Yeah, um, I read this book, uh, one of my favorite black authors, uh, Eric Jerome Dickey. Mm-hmm. And it was this chick singing. She sung at like a halftime show. She sung the third verse as a form of protest. Mm. So I was like, yo, I could imagine how that would play out in real life. So I was kind of tripping off that. I was like, I wonder what that would look like, like live. Like, you can't edit live. So I was curious, like, would they go to a commercial break so as they broke that Stop. out or? Music, would she have to finish acapella? Yeah, she did actually. When the when the um that's what she, that's how you wrote it in the book. So mm-hmm. she sung the first the other verses, right? Mm-hmm. Then they cut the music off. She sung the third verse acapella. <laughs> um, it was brilliant. But it's like it's, again, it's in, that's fiction. But like this is this is news to me like learning about that that verse that was in there i'm gonna give it some more thought on what it actually means yeah offline but it it is pretty shocking but you want to roll into some of the international stories yeah let's do it so what we got here hungary says it'll defend its borders and keep the border fence what close eu court ruling so my understanding is like you have the European Union and you know you have a sovereign nation of Hungary who's just like America, they're about that border wall. And I guess like the EU, the European Union is saying like they don't want that to happen. So it's like it's very interesting. It's like how should a sovereign nation react when does the European Union in your your opinion does it supersede? the rules of a, a sovereign nation? I think we've talked about this in season one. There is going to come a point where I think the European Union is going to break. It's going to go back to how it used to be. What do you mean by that? I think they're going to disband. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, but currently as they are are together, like, mm-hmm. does that have... It's that, it's that, it, it's it, that it, country's it, right. To do that. And, and I agree because if, if the European Union or the UN or anything like that mm-hmm. is if they are superseding the rulings of sovereign nation, then it's almost like countries are losing their sovereignty. Exactly. These, uh, these collective uh, conglomerates, these, these entities that are coming together. And granted, while it's happening in in Turkey, sorry, in Hungary, really, mm-hmm. like. Um, I don't want to say something similar has happened in America, but when you're talking about the UN is, how you say, they are not enforcing, but encouraging American mm-hmm. policies, particularly in reference to COVID. It's 
I don't want to say we're losing sovereignty, but it's like we, we got to make sure that nations are, are ruling. Well, this, this goes back to the conversation. Sorry to interrupt. This goes back to the conversation we always have is uh, we brought it up. What episode was it? 62-63. We're the last free sovereign nation. <laughs> so Think silly. about it. So we're the last line of resistance to globalized, I guess what you call like authoritative power, yeah. whatever, to that. Great Britain just exited, uh, how do you say, the European Union? Yeah. Right? That's kind of opposition to, um, to the whole, like, you know, resistance to that. But. Yeah, I, I I get what you're saying. I agree, mm-hmm. and I don't know. It's just um, a lot going on in the world. What do you think about Hungary and, and their borders? Like, I, I'm assuming it's it's for same thing we're doing. Yeah, mitigate and control our refugees. Entering yeah. to that. So it's like that's their right as a sovereign nation to do this. Is the EU is the EU going to be giving uh, Hungary aid and, and, and money to support these people if they kept their if they opened that wall? Good point. So it's like, are they going to put sanctions on Hungary or whatever if they choose not to follow the EU ruling? I'm kind of curious. You have that capability. I am not too sure. I don't know. I could see them pulling something like that. It's um, it's definitely a possibility. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I, I see you got um, what you said, man sentenced to death in Singapore via Zoom. No, yeah. Down? yeah, yeah. So this is the next international story. This thing caught me off guard. So this man, they're very big on like drugs. Mm-hmm. Asian countries, they don't play that. They're, they like death sentence all this over in illegal drugs. So, you think it stems from the opium wars with the China? Probably, yeah. Because there's a lot of my understanding. There's a lot of damage. A lot of uh, a lot of bad things happen when the when the British were selling opium to China. You yeah. know, drugs are they de- they destroy lives. They destroy communities. But honestly, I. I get it, but death penalty for drugs? Is that what happened with this guy? All right, so this guy, 37 years old, is it Punitan I think I might have said his name right. His role in the drug deal that took place in 2011. So he received his sentence on that Friday. Uh, Singapore has some of the world's toughest anti-drug policies. Mm-hmm. Um... They're killing. Man, been, go ahead. No, I'm saying if they're killing this guy for a weed crime, that's something seriously wrong. I'm curious. Heroin is like okay. Yeah, I'm trying to see. They have zero tolerance policy for illegal drugs. In 2013, 18 people were executed, the highest figure in at least two decades, according to Amnesty International. 18 of those 18, 11 have been charged with drug-related offenses. But I'm trying to see what kind of drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, that he had. I mean, nothing, nothing. Singapore, like, chewing gum is illegal there. So, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, they'd be like, what? Tylenol 3? Off with his head. Like, they're pretty, uh, they seem pretty strict. But, uh-huh. I mean, uh, 
the, the, the drugs, uh, what, what the substance really is, it doesn't matter, but okay. what, what was the result? What happened with this guy? So, oh, it says Singapore officials are not the first to issue a death penalty over a video conference call. Mm-hmm. It's not the first time they've done it, but they're doing it because of obviously COVID, Rona, this yeah. Rona here. So um, they said something like this happened in Nigeria as well. According to human okay or just uh, another time. Um, this guy, a judge in Lagos. Mm-hmm. Shout out to our Nigerian listeners. Um, got sentenced because this guy killed his mother and killed the mother of his employer. Um, he pled not guilty, and I guess he got executed. But they're saying it's not the first time they've, they've done this, deliberated all this, and handed down judgments, video call, I mean, video conferencing. And do you think that adds that it dehumanizes? Yes, that's what that's and what they're saying in the argument. And, it, and it's, it, you have this barrier. It's not like you're in a courtroom or it's like, you know, you have to see them. And it's just like, oh, you're on a TV screen. It's push a button and someone dies. Is that where society is, is going towards? And that's what the argument was in the article. Like, that's inhumane. So you got Amnesty International and human rights watch groups fighting about this. Like, yo, like, we understand what times we're in. We understand you committed a crime. It's your policy. But that's still inhumane how you did that. Again, I'm not particularly fond of the death penalty myself. You know, um, particularly because of margins of error. But, like, Mm-hmm. Doing it this way? Yeah, that's foul. You imagine, like, yo, you get that Skype call, like, yo, you being sentenced to death, like, at 12 p.m. today. Like, how do you process that? Like, whew. I mean, be thankful we live in America. You can kill somebody and go to the mall, like Chris Rock said. You want to be guilty of going back shopping in the mall? <laughs> so you can get off. You got the right team. I mean, that's how America was, but right now we're on the verge of the suspension of habeas corpus. Like, I'm not too sure what happens right now. As you know, like, have the courts opened back up in Florida? Good question. I don't think so. Nope. Jersey or PA. I would have to look and see. I'm waiting to see when government actually opens and people go back to work, because that's a sign that I. In my opinion, you you and I have spoken about this. That is a sign of we're at least back to somewhat normal. Once they're yeah, asked, because the businesses and all that are very much expendable. Yeah, exactly. The government is they move delicately, and for me, like the military is more. Uh, how do you say? I observe the, the actions of the military more than the government because mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, Congress and you know Senate and all that. They're very much important. But like, the military falls, like, America is not, who's going to keep America safe? So they have this most stringent, um, how do you say, courses of actions for how they're operating. When I see them loosen up, and they're like, yeah, everything's chill. Like right now, the army, they're doing, they're still going to basic training stuff, but they're not even doing combative training. And the stuff that like, I mean, you can't, because <laughs> you got to yeah. contact to do a combative training. So it's like, they're doing other activities, but they're they're making people stay three feet. I believe it was 42 inches 
they said is like, yeah, we're doing training, but we're keeping people 42 inches away. So we can do, I'm just like, wow. Like, they're not taking no chances either. But, yeah. I don't know, bro. This is a, I, here's the thing. Like, you, everyone was screaming for bloody murder, bloody murder, straight to the electric chair for Gregory and son for the, for the murder of Ahmad. But it's like, yeah, I see how that would ease your emotions and stuff like that. But if you transition to, to that type of society, you have rapid executions, performing mm-hmm. resumes, suspension of habeas corpus, like, we're no longer America. <laughs> so and not America. only that, we know who it's going to impact more. It's going to impact us more, Black Americans. Oh, yes, I know. And that's what I was saying. I could see it's like, okay, they're like, you have Black America screaming for it. For, you know, because it's, it's against uh, these a perceived hate crime mm-hmm. but again that same system can be turned against the you know the black community you're talking about rapid executions and no trial be like what <laughs> carte blanche like just we get a buffet of this oh awesome let's do this it's like oh yeah you it's like giving us the authority and and that's again it's like you can't uh, so much with the emotions we gotta maintain some order well, huh, while we while we on that topic, mm-hmm. let's do some quick updates with those two cases, the one in Louisville and Arby. So Arby, from what I understand, I don't have it right in front of me, mm-hmm. but I guess the camera guy is getting also charged with accessory to murder or whatnot. Yes. That's the latest update. I thought he was being charged with murder. Which is oh, was it? Was it murder too? The, the, the latest, perhaps, I didn't realize, I was just grabbing the headlines, but like, mm-hmm. I've seen on multiple different headlines he was being charged with murder. Okay, all right. Um, and I then, could do your own, do your, huh? your own digging on that. And yeah, another yeah. article that I found on there is that actually uh, the homeowner who uh, who Ahmad had entered the home and which allegedly caused these gentlemen to you know to, to track him down. Mm-hmm. He is condemning the shooting. And he's like, yo, nothing was taken, nothing, no, nothing was, no harm was done. Like, why it resulted on, on this is like, it's unacceptable. So that's some additional information in there. I got some more info on there as well as that the same police department that's been handling the case. Man, people have been digging and they're finding all types of misconduct and uh, almost like uh, but uh, foul play with, with Ahmad's case and, and other cases in the past. And, so I'm like, yo, we need some oversight. We, we need some oversight into law enforcement. Yeah. This is, um, this shit is getting crazy. But you uh, got any updates on, on, uh, on Ahmad's? I know you have some more on uh, the Kentucky shooting. Yeah, I was gonna just update on the Breonna Taylor and Kenneth Walker case in Louisville. Mm-hmm. So they might be, I was reading, one of the detectives had corruption charges against him. Mm. Possibly. Also, what do you mean corruption charges for what? I don't remember exactly. You have to do your own digging, but something like basically he's a dirty cop. Which would explain the ops. And remember I asked the question, why are they showing their salaries? So I think this is kind of tied to that now. I think so, by them exposing the salary because they're making like six figures as cops. So, and here's the thing, I, what I alluded to last time is like, if there's some sort of corruption, say he was in league with the with the drug dealers, mm-hmm. right? and they needed to eliminate a witness, 
that that could have been that right there. Like you said, they had the main guy locked up, right? They already exactly. had before they traded Brianna Taylor. Yep. So I and again, I'm just strolling down conspiracy alley. I have no facts, just speculation. But mm-hmm. um, it feels no. right with me. It's it's uh, it's a bit bizarre. The other part of that case. The, the saving grace, the good thing we were concerned about is mm-hmm. standing your ground, Second Amendment. In the case of the boyfriend shooting back at the cops, yes, we did that no not warrant in plain clothes. Let's get that clear. Yes, people don't know. So he got ruled; all his charges were dropped. He was facing I life. To it, and I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm very happy for for him on that. And Absolutely. there's something else I heard as well that, um, how do you say? that they found out the, the way that he acquired, that uh, the, the detectives acquired the no-knock warrant. There was some foul play. Yeah, exactly. I have read something like that, too, as well. It's, um, that's, again, it's a very terrifying notion what occurred. It's an extreme violation on the Fourth Amendment. Like, we're talking about non-uniform plainclothes officers entering people's homes you know unlawfully and resulting in murder like it's a pretty big deal oh yeah. i forgot this the feds are looking at the fbi is looking yeah the at mayor called for that oversight so i was like i uh that's a, a bit of relief and i'm curious to see what will result from that but um perhaps the um our, our friends at the FBI should look into the police department in uh, what was the county in Georgia? Oh, you talking about the county in Georgia or Louisville? The county in Georgia. They're already looking into Kentucky. I'm okay. To, uh, the mob shooting. That oh, I think it's. Uh, I know that county too. And it's. I can't drive through there. Could, yeah. <laughs> anyways, we we already we, we, people know what we're referring to, but um, perhaps they should look into to that as well. Because uh, right now, people, God, you know, God bless the law enforcement. You guys keep law and order, and without you, we would have anarchy. But at the same time, there's uh, there's some bad apples that are, are um, people are starting to lose trust and become a bit fearful of, of the police. And so, you know, maybe you need some oversight. But, yeah. Um, so, what else we got here? Because we deviate from international, but I think I covered mine. Uh, no, you still got more. Um, no new pass, U.S. passports issued unless it's emergency travel. What was that about? So I suppose um, that that does tie into an international story. Um, yeah. yeah, so there's like, I guess it's, it's it's coming to the whole coronavirus and perhaps it's even into the uh, travel restrictions that Trump wanted that they are not issuing any new passports. And um, mine expired. <laughs> so, oh, you understand? It did, man. I I, mess, I dropped the ball on that, and I let it I let it expire. But um, maybe if it's like getting renewed, if they can make exceptions for that. Mm-hmm. I, to me, it's a bit of a concern. Like I said, if uh, you know, America gets crazy, like I want to bug the fuck out. Like, I want to go to another country where it's not um, it's not crazy. But my passport is um expired and they may not be uh, renewing them that could be a potential issue what are your thoughts yeah it's a way to restrict us from moving around and it keeps all of us basically on house arrest as a country uh-huh. um, 
I can only imagine the only people that get loopholes through this are like diplomats, mm. um, the ultra billionaires, billionaires with private planes. And yeah, stuff. I can see all those people finding the loopholes with this, pay off the right people to get through. But it's the well, again, if you are an evil uh, new world order like operative, what would be the point of restricting the travel? Not promoting people to travel. Hmm. That's a good question. I'm thinking. I mean, I get it, control, but control for the sake of what? Like, okay, now we want to move around. I guess maybe, I don't know, linking up with other like-minded individuals if y'all are against the system, so to speak, or against what's going on. Uh, That's not good enough. I mean, I'm just throwing out. I mean, and I get, you know, like, um... The agenda from the GOP is like, yeah, they want to can, uh, reduce immigration, reduce travel into America, but outside of America, I don't really get that. But I suppose something we'll have to look deeper yeah, into. Yeah, that's something we have to look into. I'm yeah. not really sure either. That's that's a great question. Um, That's all I got for international. Was it? That- Oh, I mean, I, I there's some rapid headlines. Okay, yeah. Do segment that you know we're gonna do, and we're just gonna read the headlines. You can draw your own conclusion, and you know we'll place them into the notes so you can check up on it. I mean, yeah. if one of, I suppose this is international. There's a plane crash in Pakistan that killed okay. people. Don't really know the details. Just um, I glossed over that, and that came to my attention. Um, what else is international? Okay, so according to the Business Insider, they are reporting that half of the reopen America, like tweets on Twitter, they're coming from Russian bots. Oh, nice. <laughs> is this like you and I, Chris? We we studied, uh, you know, we studied warfare. We had to study warfare for our, you know, get promoted in, in the Air Force. Mm-hmm. Um, as a civilian, I don't think you know like how deep psychological warfare goes, like the lengths that the enemy will go to to uh, subvert, undermine, and you know just generally disrupt the civilian populace. That's and probably the most powerful form I would say of warfare is psychops. So I'm not surprised, but this has led to another theory because you know I saw you, I troll Facebook groups time to time. There's some political ones I like. But they're so racist. And I'm not talking about just like, you know, just white people saying racist things. They are black people that are saying dumbass racist shit. And Mm -hmm. I'm just like, this can't be real. Like, Mm -hmm. granted, you know, there's there's so much uh, people and personalities in America, but like, it can't be real. I really think it's like people are using bots that sow discord among the American people. Yeah. It seems like that is a that 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 seems to be a thing, but um, don't fall for it. Again, the the whole purpose is so that we are not united. Because again, if we all unite and you vote, Cameron Rock 2020, like I'm gonna abolish the income tax, and I think that's one thing that white people, black people, Spanish people, brown people, like everyone can come together and be like, yeah, yeah. fuck them taxes. Like, <laughs> if, yeah, if you, you know, if everyone comes together, you can make America whatever you want. If we're all divided, we're all scattered, and we're polarized, and we 
you know, we're fighting for, for dumbass shit. Nothing gets done, nothing changes, and the wealthy just continue to get wealthy. Speaking of, uh, shout out to Jeff Bezos, my buddy from 88. He just made 431, not million, billion during the, the COVID, uh, the COVID lockdown. So, you know, like we talked about Walmart, Amazon making fuku bucks, 431 billion. Just in like, let's call it four months. Because everyone's, uh, everyone's ordering on Amazon during this thing. Guilty. But, uh, guilty as charged. Like I said, just my buddy. We go way back. But like, um, this, guys, just keep, just, just open your eyes. Like I said, the wealthy, the elite, they're getting wealthier. And people are getting more fucked up. It's like... The black community, yeah, we're dealing with poverty, we're dealing with bullshit too, but you know, there's white people in trailer parks as well. They're like, you know, they're thinking like, yeah, Trump's all about us, but you guys are fucked up in the game too. So it's like, <laughs> it ain't just uh, this whole poverty thing, it's across the board. It's not a black problem, it's not a white problem. Healthcare is not a black problem, it's not a white problem. It's like, these are things that we need. That's and a class problem. This division, it is a class problem. All mm-hmm. this division, like yo, y'all, y'all wasting uh, you're wasting your energy, wasting your wasting your energy. And again, you know, I'm just preaching, uh, just exercising my lips because maybe some people will listen, maybe they won't. But like, you gotta come together. So that's I rambled on for quite a bit. Uh, that's all good. Um, no stories. Hold on, IG Live. Appreciate you joining me. Bye, Tracy. Thanks. Peace out. Peace, IG. So, yeah, in that, share the IGTV. Okay. So now it goes to, um, when we do our videos, it goes to IGTV now. That's automatically. Because it can be pretty, it can be longer on yeah. IGTV. That's what's up. So I'll put Upgrade America. Well, I'll leave it until after I upload it. But anyway, uh, we're going to stay on topic. All right, what else we got? Um, Just real quick, and I don't want to spend too much time on this. I'm just, just wanted to mention that we're seeing more, like, footage of people getting murdered. Like, this is a thing. Yeah. And there is a, uh, I'll slide this clip in right about here. Bing, boom. And it's just so the guy, he ran up in this store and he was trying to hold people up at gunpoint. There's another guy who was holding the gun and he just smoked him. And it's just like, it was a justified kill. kill. You know, he, he was preventing a crime and the proximity of, of the gun wielder. It's, um, I'll slide the clip in as I mentioned, but it's just like, is that, are we such in the age where there's cameras everywhere that we're seeing so many, uh, where we're seeing a lot of murders online. How do you think that's going to affect people in, in, the, in the future? I think we are desensitized at this moment I by seeing violent, like, you know, uh, security camera shootings. Mm-hmm. And just think about the two shootings we talked about. Yes, indeed. Like, the one guy, oh, we forgot to mention the guy in Indianapolis, the airman, security forces that got killed, Sean Reed. Sean Reed. Oh. I forgot about him. Um, he was actually on, I think, Facebook Live when he got executed by the cops. Whoa. 
Yeah, I forgot. He was daring them to chase him. You know how airmen are. You, you get out of tech school, you amped up. You know how we were. But it was like some kind of dare or something. I don't know what it was exactly. We have to come circle back to that story. We forgot to mention that story. Yeah. But anyway, long story short, the cops executed him. And then you hear on camera, oh, we closed casket, homie, by one of the detectives that I shot. I heard about that one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh. But that was on Facebook Live. And my other question is, they something I noticed with IG and all these social media platforms is they censor what they want to censor. If you really think about it, like when we post things about the COVID and all this other stuff like facts and stuff that goes against what they want out there, They'll censor, take that shit down, but killings of us and fights and like ignorance, that should have circulated for a long time. And, and it, again, it makes me wonder, like for one, it, it's clear that you don't have freedom of speech on these uh, social media platforms, but two, is it some sort of psych-op to, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's gonna fuck with you. When you continually see uh, black people getting killed, black people getting killed, it's not all just black people getting killed. Just yeah. seeing murders, just exactly. seeing murders, it's gonna fuck with you. But you hit the nail on the head by saying it desensitizes you. You know, it's just like, oh, okay. Because uh, here's a fun fact: Let's say like the average child before the age of seven witnesses over five thousand simulated murders on wow. TV. on TV. Like wow. you know, there's like you know. Even Call of Duty, like you're playing mm -hmm. video games. Yeah, video games, yeah. And they're shooting everybody up, like that's a simulated murder. Like, but kids, you know, uh, kids are, are seeing these things, whether in movies and video games, 5,000 of them by the time they're seven. And now it's like we are seeing real murders. Like, but that's mm -hmm. a common thing. And I'm just curious, like, how is this? Remember the, the, the age that we're in, the age of Zoom executions? Yeah. Where, where, where life is is it's so where we're so removed from from the process you know even even further uh look into how do you say uh drone warfare where yeah. you have guys who are in like Nellis Las Vegas Nellis um Nevada sitting mm -hmm. back controller dropping ordnance and killing people a uh, thousand miles two thousand miles away I seen a movie on that. Uh, it's a really good movie. I forgot the name of it. I, I gotta find that. Maybe try to find a trailer or something. Mm -hmm. Slip that in on this part. It was really good. It talked about what they go through mentally by doing that constantly, like the mental toll it has on the airmen. I can imagine it is taking that. It's taking some sort of toll. But it's mm -hmm. like historically, if you look at it, it's like man has distanced himself more and more from the battlefield as technology goes on like thank heavens i was not in the military when they're swinging around swords and stuff yeah thank heavens i didn't get a piece of that trench warfare you know world war one world war two the civil vietnam any any of these conflicts but now it's like yo we're engaging targets you know 600 meters away and then even more from that, you have air power, space power. Space power. Hey, yeah. Hitting targets from the air, and then you like, you know, as we mentioned, remote drones and everything. It's eventually going to be automated. <laughs> Nuts. But yeah, yeah, it's just something we got to be uh, cognizant of. Like life is still precious. 
we cannot uh, allow social media and the, the constant seeing this thing to just be like to the point where we're seeing people getting killed and we don't care. So we have to be cognizant of that and aware, you know, like people are being sensitized to that. Um, so we touched on that. You want to jump into the race card? Yeah, let's go. Like, um, we're going to talk about working while black. Mm. It's been a string of videos from delivery drivers mm-hmm. to, um, I found something on Twitter. I noticed this on Twitter, this fetish. I don't know if it'll show up real quick. Okay, I got the link soon. Okay. So good. So basically I'm going to just, we can probably insert the clip here. It's only like 45 seconds. Up to you, but yeah, I see. I'll just read the real quick uh, thing. So this delivery driver, he went to this gated community, and mm-hmm. basically the residents wouldn't let him leave. They were entrapping him while he was doing his job. They entrapped this delivery guy from getting out. I think they called the cops and all this other stuff. Now I believe did they block a car? Did they use a car to block the? Yes, yeah, for blocking a man. So now, was he in a FedEx truck? I don't remember what kind there's another of one where there's a FedEx. He's in uniform. He has a purple yeah. and black uniform on. Then he's getting into some confrontation with a gentleman, and I believe he got fired for posting that footage. Yeah, he did. Then, but is this that one? Nah, this is one in Oklahoma. The other one, I forgot what the other one was. Was it Georgia? Somewhere like that, where the FedEx guy got fired. Um, then there was another clip I saw. This lady didn't want, from Lowe's Delivery, didn't want black delivery drivers delivering to her place. So they had to find a replacement. Huh? Where was that at? I can't and remember either. Exactly. Do you think companies should cater to people's racist requests? Boom, story time. So here we go. At FedEx as a contractor. So to be fair, I'm not saying in that situation those drivers should have took a different approach a little bit. I can understand the frustration of being called names, being disrespected and all this, but part of it is they should have drove off and not even engaged with the customer. I agree Um, because in in that situation they weren't locked in or anything around that. They could have just left. They they didn't have to deal with it. So to be fair, FedEx tells you when you get into this kind of situation, offer your manager's number, the corporate hotline where they can complain and keep it moving. Don't engage. Do not engage. So that's probably why they got really got fired. But the fact is that you run into this hostile um, activity when you're doing your job is the bigger issue. Not so much what happened right there. But overall, and I'll give you another example. Like when I was working FedEx, I think I mentioned this to you as a contractor. I was going to places where I see the Confederate flag. I see a Trump flag. Imagine. 
I'm going into neighborhoods where I know more than likely they're armed. I'm going into very heavily wooded neighborhoods mm. where there's barely any cell service. It's dark. Whoa. I'm out here delivering to these people's private property and I'm black and I'm in Florida and Florida has a known racist history. Let's be honest. Um, I also encountered this at my former employer, which I won't name. Um, my first route was in a lot of rural areas where mm -hmm. I was definitely on high alert. You know, I was hyper vigilant because I had to go to pri private residences, mm -hmm. people that I know were armed, at least rifles and all that. I already know. I just know. You live in the and South. I can only imagine that it. it's like, you know, you have racist people and then they're like, who is this nigga pulling up on my property? And then. <laughs> The way it's worded or anything like that they can try to justify they can justify that man and uh yo my heart goes out to you dude i, I couldn't imagine um real quick so one is a couple incidents that really stand out so one incident i had this legacy customer they've been with the company for like 30 something years they one of the first accounts i already got their vibes they didn't like me. I didn't like them either because they always try to make me do extra stuff when I had to service them. I had to count out all this and I had to be extra cautious when I walked in, announce myself to make sure I'm not scaring anybody, make sure they can see me working and not assume I'm trying to steal or whatever. Like I always had to keep all this in mind when I would deliver to this customer. I had to make sure I spoke to them in a nice tone so I don't get them to call corporate, call the GM and all this kind of stuff. Um, it was another incident where I had a straight up racist customer. He, he didn't tell me, but he told my service manager. He was like, I don't want, how did he put it? He said, I don't want that boy delivering here or something to that effect. Because him and I had an issue, me and the customer, I said, if you want X, Y, and Z service, you need to renew your contract, your service contract. If you're not willing to do that, then I'm not willing to give you what you want. I said, if you don't like that, you can talk to my manager or whatever. I'm quick to refer them, but I'm quick to let them know too. And then also what I did was follow up with my manager. Hey, you're going to be getting a call from the XY customer. That preemptive, uh, preemptive notification. Exactly. But my service manager didn't want to tell me that this dude was racist like straight up he didn't want me there because i was black and i was like but that goes to my question thing? before though should, mm -hmm. should companies corporations what have you businesses should they cater to this racist bullshit like if a customer says i don't want no niggas no cones delivering here should they be like should they go out of their way to find a white person or a non-black person to make those deliveries should they accommodate these races they do. And so this is what happened. I was going to answer that. So with my former company, and I, I can't blame them on this because it's actually smart business. Based on your route, where your stops were and everything, mm -hmm. the demographics of that area, they tend to have a driver to reflect the demographics of that area they're delivering in. Interesting. So if you're in a Latino neighborhood, they tend to have a Latino driver, which makes sense. They often are bilingual. They know Spanish, they know the culture, so they're able to relate to the customer. It cuts down on complaints, it cuts down on what you just mentioned. I don't want so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. So they already do that anyway, but mm -hmm. still have incidents that still happen like this. Um, 
I'm trying to think of another one more incident. The guy was fighting with me. It was a regular stop, good stop. Never had any issues except initially when I took over the stop. After that, ironed everything out. Cool. One day we got in this beef. This guy think I'm ripping him off. And I'm like, no, dude, you don't check your invoice. I always come to you, talk. You always on the phone. You always busy. I'm not going to waste my time. I got a time limit. I got to be here. If you're not here to do that, as long as I get my signature, I do my job. I'm out of here. Yeah. So one day he decided to get bold and get loud and like belligerent and all this. And I was like, wait a minute. You're not going to talk to me like that. First of all. Second of all, you can talk to my manager. So I left. They took me off that account because I got into it with the guy. And I was like, listen, I've never had a problem until then. When my manager went out there, they're both white. They talk. He, my manager comes back. Yeah, that dude was an asshole. I said, oh, how about that? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, how about that? So I have dealt with this stuff um, a lot. Working while black it is a it's a risk. Like, um, what do you do? You can't be armed at work because that's against company policy. Is it really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, I don't know. I, me personally, I think that, you know, personal safety supersedes any policy. Mm -hmm. And um, that's, it, it's, it's your situation is sad, you know, and also the, the one with the, you know, the driver getting blocked. And there, it's um, <laughs> it's ridiculous. And again, yeah. maybe it's like racism has been the same. It's, it hasn't increased since you know? It's just we're being more aware of it. We're seeing more, yeah, photo, uh, video evidence of it. And it's like I don't want to say I'm past the being outraged. I'm just disappointed in, in, in people as of lately. It's just like. <sighs> Seriously, guys, you better than this. Yeah, it's, I don't know, it's, it's confounding to me. I'm like, I kind of laugh. I'm like, do you realize your grandkids are probably best friends with black people, Latino people, Middle Eastern? They're going to prom with them. They're marrying them. They're working closely with them in college or whatever activities they're doing, like, and you're still holding on to racism when your offspring or legacies are out here in multicultural environments learning and you know and in most cases some cases they're passing that on to those young kids when they don't need that corruption well there's an interesting article again it's a headline rather but like there's a white teen who like killed his whole family or something like that because mm -hmm. they didn't accept his black girlfriend. Oh, yeah. whoa, that's wild. But um, I don't know, man. Like the aliens are looking down on us, shaking their heads. Like, y'all still, you still doing this shit? Like, come on. Yeah. 2020. Like, we've shown that we're here. We're flying around this bitch and UFOs, and like, you still doing this shit? It's a uh, very disappointing. At oh, least, well, say the least. That's a perfect segue into illegal aliens and immigration. <laughs> Speaking of aliens, <laughs> I right, let me run back to these notes because yeah, that's something that I'm seeing. Uh, headlines in California are showing 
Mm-hmm. And it's like, um, we already told you about, you know, stimulus checks and everything. And it's more or less they were going to uh, people with social security numbers, to American citizens. Mm-hmm. And also mentioned that we have people within our borders, you know, that they are being affected by this COVID. And a lack of, we have to take into consideration that a lack of resources may uh, ultimately drive these people within our borders to crime. So, with that notion, what are your thoughts on providing aid for uh, for illegal aliens? Um, so, I'm kind of with you on this. If they're able, if, what is it called? Um, it's a social, but it's something else when you're in that status. What is oh, I think what you're saying like with the green cards and all these other weird statuses that, that yeah. about, that's one thing. But I'm talking about to the people who they've entered into America illegally and they mm-hmm. have no type of uh, no type of status or not uh, no work visas, no work permits, none, none of that shit. They're just yeah. illegal. What are your thoughts on providing them aid? That doesn't make sense because no country would do that for us. Say if we're stranded or we were in that situation. I look at it as every country would do the same shit. For the yeah, most part. So, so it's, it's the headline is saying cotton calls for withholding stimulus funds from states, cities where illegal immigrants get payment. So this is <laughs> Senator Tom Cotton on um, mm-hmm. to bring medical supply chains back from the US. So Senate uh, Armed Service Committee member Tom Cotton joined mm-hmm. him Tuesday to discuss his proposed legislation that would prevent the federal. Oh, just skip down. Pardon me. His proposed legislation that would prevent the federal government from sending taxpayer-funded stimulus dollars to states or cities that issue payments to people in the U.S. illegally. Yeah, I don't. Let, that me, let, me, let me read his quote real quick. Okay shouldn't be spending hard-earned taxpayer dollars on illegal immigration, illegal immigrants at the time when 35 million Americans are out of work, Cotton said. If we're going to be given, yo, these pop-up ads are like just knocking my article all around here. Okay, one moment. If we're going to be giving relief checks to those people who are out of work, we need to focus on American citizens, not illegal immigrants. And I agree. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Agree, but I have to add some sort of not caveat, but uh, something in addition to it. It's like um, there should be something in place, if not a a a, uh, a glorified food bank or, or something where people can get the the minimum resources they need. Because if you don't, if you're like yeah, yeah, you're like you're here illegally and you're working under the table somewhere, but you're no longer in business and say they had families and kids and stuff like that, you know, they're going to resort to crime. True. You, Very true. Trust me, you don't, people do desperate things when they're starving and we don't, we don't need that. So, Very true. So it's like at the same time, even if it was a food bank, you still have to divert some sort of resources to purchase that food and, and everything along that nature. But I dare say that you could do a lot cheaper than just giving illegals immigrants like $1,200 checks. Yeah, I agree with that. That's, that's um, all I gotta say. I think that was pretty cool, actually. And like, um, yeah, I have nothing else to add to that. That all makes sense.
you know, hopefully, like I said, uh, our, our our fans who are watching in, in, in government can uh, take some of our ideas <laughs> and, and put them in to uh, make that happen. But yeah, that's just where I stand as far as, uh, you know, giving out aid to yeah. We believe in being humanitarian, but it, it comes at a cost and we got to be very strategic about how we do it. And I always go back to this. What how would a country do this to us if we're in their country, like in this situation? We are immigrating to, I don't know, say Poland or some shit. Mm-hmm. How would they react to us? I'm sure we wouldn't get benefits illegally if we're illegal immigrants or whatnot. I don't, so, I don't think so. But I do want to emphasize with, um, even with the American people, mm-hmm. like if they're really considering another round of, of stimulus, checks they should reconsider because if this uh, COVID thing is long term as we, we propose like it takes 18 months to make a vaccine warp speed or you know faster than light speed it ain't gonna change that but yeah like, you should really consider giving people aid not financial but in supplements gotcha. and what have you because no one needs money <laughs> you need things money to buy and if you can work a better deal in getting people that long term over these sporadic, hey, you may get another check, you may not. Like, I think that's a better deal. So if you guys are listening, please take note. And, you know, take that into consideration. Um, what we got? Pop culture next? What was this uh, clip? Yeah, what you got on pop culture? That was that was that one clip. Hold on, let me see. What clip was that? Was that the clip with the guy? Oh. No, okay, so this is, uh, uh, yeah, this is Lightfoot. This is wild. So you have this clip of the mayor of Chicago, and she says all this rhetoric, and at the end, she kind of slides in, like, you need to pledge your allegiance to the new world order. And that was pretty, yeah, that's pretty weird. You want to just, like, play and then voice it over, or just, you want me to slide it in? Uh, we can slide it in. It's two minutes and 28 seconds. I may just skip to the end of it. I'll call them licensing departments, whether it's zoning, buildings, um, housing will be impacted by it, planning certainly. Um, and it's and you and you pick the people to run those agencies and the deputies that are pledging allegiance to the new world order and good government. And you and you pick the people to run those agencies and the deputies that are pledging allegiance to the new world order and pledging allegiance to the new world order and good governance. Say the word, say the word. Pledging allegiance to the new world order and pledging allegiance to the new world order and the new world order. Are you totally deranged? And then I think you have the Inspector General do some spot audits to make sure that there is real compliance. Pick the people to run those agencies and the deputies that are pledging allegiance to the new world order and good governments. And then conduct spot audits to make sure there's real compliance. Real compliance with what, Lizard Lightfoot? Real compliance with the new world order. Yeah. Well, like the guy said, the commentator in the video, the guy presenting it, he said, um, basically, they're not even hiding the global agenda, basically. Like, they're being more brash, more just 
nonchalant about it, just matter of fact about it. I don't know. It's just creepy. But you and I have been talking about this. It's been creeping towards this anyway. One world government. I mean, like we always talk about, we're the last free resistant nation that is clearly see yeah exists within our nation yeah my the biggest question or concern rather is is this a bipartisan effort that's a good question i think she's democratic right well a lot of this covid fuckery is coming from uh, the democratic side and um, I, I suppose the big conspiracy theory that, you know, that people are, are blaming the Democrats for sending all of the, how do you say, sending COVID patients to nursing homes. Evidently, that's occurred in Pennsylvania, as well as New York and other uh, some other states. And that's resulting in these COVID spikes. But um, COVID, yeah, it is critical to... Um, this new world order objective like it's being spun it's been being utilized and yeah. as you mentioned it seems they don't care they're just upfront with it like yeah this is what it is another uh, initiative from chicago shame on me i messed up the sound last mm-hmm. week but they pretty much said like yeah we already bought the vaccines <laughs> like we already bought the needles to distribute the, the vaccines like it's, it's all part of this plan the lady right. said um the world's crazy right now. We're doing our best to keep you guys sane and give you the latest and greatest information and motivation. What else do we got on here? I know we got some positive stories as well. As well, well, you want? Let's go ahead and roll into this. Trump battles governors on church being essential. Okay. Since we're so, already there. Um, sure. Might as well do that. And granted, like I said, I'm not a Trump supporter, but there are some things that I admire about the man, one him being transparent about being a jerk, but you know, better the devil you know than the one you don't. But he's um Yeah. He is advocating for the reopening of churches and houses uh, houses of worship. Mm-hmm. Is it's interesting because it's like yeah you have Walmart open, you have liquor stores open, you have other uh, such things that are open but people can't go to church. And if you really want to get historic it's like Freedom of religion is some of the fundamental rights that our nation was founded upon. And like the fact that church was closed on Easter was, is a direct assault on that. Now, yeah. my understanding is like there's, there's, it's difficult because you hear you have Trump saying he has absolute power, imperatus, uh, you know, of, 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 uh, of America. And then you have the, the governors were saying, like, no, we make the decisions. And it's, uh, you may see a, a, some clash, a clash of power between the two and making these decisions. But what do you, what do you think uh, as far as should churches be open? Um, I'll say, I'll say leave it up to the churches to be open mm-hmm. and just have the guidelines. Because it is funny because it's like, while it's not in the Constitution, I believe it was Thomas Jefferson that yeah. wrote a letter on expressing the need for separation of church and state. And this is a, this is that. This is a, it seems like this is where church and state are our butting heads. And you, I agree with you. I do agree with you. Like the decision should be made up to, to the churches. Yeah. And 
the, the notion of HR quadruple six, where they're negotiating with the church is saying, yeah, we'll let you open back up if you test your entire congregation. That, again, this is not a constitutional right, but it's something that uh, was, was our nation was founded on. Freedom of religion is a constitutional right, but I'm talking about the separation from church and state. I do not believe that's in the Constitution. This is the argument I've been making. I brought this up probably season one a couple of times. Mm -hmm. Church and state are intertwined. There's no way around it. Like, if you really think, like, when you swear in to be president, what are you doing in the Bible? Yes, you are. Most presidents have been, what, Catholic? Uh, traditional person. Yeah, for the most part. Um, I don't know. I just see this. Yeah, in essence, they are separate, but they're more intertwined than we think. Like, think about abortion laws. A lot of that is off of religious beliefs. You're absolutely right. But what the Constitution does mention is that there shouldn't be a state-sponsored religion. Meaning, like, the United States government can't say everyone must be Christian. Everyone must be... be, uh, is practice Islam or what have you. Yeah. But it's like that I, I see. But you're absolutely right. Whereas like you say Christian values influence mm-hmm. us. And my understanding that's okay. It's just not like you can't have the um, how do you say are you familiar with the Ten Commandments in the Bible? Yeah, for the most part. I don't remember all you of them. Just take that and say yeah. this is now law. Yeah, I got you. And then it's now a law. Like, couldn't really do that. Or even, uh, how do you say, forced teaching, forcefully teaching creation. Meaning, like, God created the earth, and, and you, you, my understanding, you can't do that either. But, I know there's been uh, court cases and everything. I remember in high school, I had to debate. We had to debate um, evolution and creation. Now, mind you, I'm in South Carolina doing this. Of course, me being the troll that I am. I pick evolution. <laughs> so, you know, that was an interesting debate. I won my debate, actually. Um, but very fascinating the having to fight all those biases because religion is so, like, heavy, you know, in South Carolina. I'm just speaking on South Carolina at this moment. But, yeah. So I want to read a, um, some Trump quotes on the map. Okay. If there's any question, um, let's go from right here. So, some governors have deemed liquor stores and abortion clinics essential, but have left out churches and houses of worship. It's not right. So I'm correcting the injustice and calling houses of worship essential. Trump said during his announcement at the White House, Trump said he was calling upon governors to allow churches and places of worship to be open right now. If there's any question, they're going to have to call me, but they're going to be successful in that, Trump added. The governor, oh man, these pop-ups, man. Yeah. Thank you, uh, you're interfering with my podcast. So, if there are any questions, okay, so the governors need to know to do the right thing and allow these very important central places of faith to open right now, this weekend. If they don't do it, I'll override the governors, he continued. So, this is, um, I'm... Just some of his brief comments on that, but what does that mean? Override the governance. And could that worst case scenario drive a rift between the Fed and the states? Yeah, and it's already it's already contested right now based on reopening and 
So I don't think we need any extra stress or static with this. Um, but we know Trump, he will do what he wants to do. But again, it's like there's, while I remain ambivalent. Yeah. <laughs> confirm or deny like how bad COVID is and all that shit like. If it is, how many people congregate? I don't know. What do you, what do you think is? People are congregating anyway, regardless of church. So you and me, we're in office. Do we do it or not? I say leave people up to let the churches make their own decision. Because you got to think, they're involving risk in their institution. They're taking on that risk. But we have to, as federal government, we would have to be responsible for that. So permitting it would be like we'd have to we'd be taking some sort of responsibility and, and, and ultimately some of the blame if it were something were to bad were to occur. So I guess I guess you have to build in some disclaimers like, hey listen, you can do it, but that shit spikes. It's on the states to take care of that shit because we already told mm-hmm. you like we gave you free will. We're not impending on your rights. But so just, I like I like that. Mm-hmm. But it's like, um, I do like that. It's like, yo, we're saying like, hey, put the, the power in the hands of the, of the, the religious institutions and then in further empowering the states, be like, listen, if you, on your judgment, and if you see this as resolving and, and spite, it's a very good plan. Again, guys, um, you know, in power who are watching this show, take notes. <laughs> Uh, what else we got? We got, want to do a couple positive stories, mix this up? Yeah, let's see what we got up on here, man. We got some positive stories to discuss. So, yeah, we did that. Okay, I'll read mine. Oh, I heard that uh, weed may prevent and treat COVID. Go ahead, go, go to yours. I'm going to bring mine up real quick. Okay, real quick. So, let's see if it'll let me do it. Um, I was trying to see if it... It won't let me read the whole thing, but I can just read the whole um, the headline. Watching nature documentaries boosts happiness, reduces stress and anxiety. It's a study shown by a doctor. I have to get all the details, but long story short. Um, yeah, w- watching nature documentaries are good for you. Oh, you know what's even better than nature documentaries? All right, go for it. Going out in the real deal. Going out in the nature, go mm-hmm. hug a tree, like look into the science behind that. Uh, there's a lot of energy being exchanged between, uh, you know, plants and, and, and humans. But like, yeah, I agree. Watching documentaries is awesome, but like going out into it, breathing the air, getting the sunlight, is even more beneficial. And I suppose on that same notion, there's a lot of, um, how do you say, wildlife is reemerging into these national parks, these state parks, you know, as uh, people are absent. I have gotten very close to some deer. Like, wow. Yeah, man, they're coming out like, uh, there's a park in my neighborhood I go through where I run, and then they, they come out, and I'm looking, okay, like, what's up, man? Like, oh, what's up, man? But <laughs> so, like, um, nature, wildlife, yeah, they're, they're, they're coming out, man. And in man's absence, they're doing their thing. Um, I, I like, I, go ahead. No, I say I like watching birds, bird watcher. I'm not like an expert in anything, but I like paying attention. I've seen so many different species of birds since I've been, since this COVID that I've never seen before. Um, you know, 
what we're gonna have to do next time I go to Florida. Mm -hmm. We did go out into the rural, uh, to Venus, that uh, yeah. Venus project. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna do some hiking out in, uh, in Florida. Yeah, we have to figure out where to hike. I'll, I'll find, I'll figure that out. Don't want to do the swamp so much because I'm not a big fan <laughs> of skaters. But um, I would like to do something with some terrain. Like maybe we could hike the highest uh, mountain in Florida or something like that. Cool. Yeah, yeah, they might have some high formations or something somewhere. All right, what else we got? Uh, one more shout out on uh, as far as the nature thing is like, don't kill the king snakes. The king snakes eat other snakes. You know, so I'll uh, see if I can post a picture of what a king snake looks like so you don't fuck with it. Because my understanding is they will they'll kill and eat the copperheads and all those other. Oh, wow. They fuck with humans. So, like, if you see a king snake, let them be. And they even, you know, they, they seem like they're pretty cool. I may do some studies on them and, and may even get a, a king snake for the platform. But um, as far as my positive story, you know, for all my weed enthusiasts out there, I hear, according to the New York Post, okay. that do scientists believe cannabis could help prevent and treat the coronavirus? So let's, let me let's skim through this real quick. Okay. So Canadian scientists believe that it's found a strong strain of cannabis could help prevent or treat coronavirus infections, according to the interviews in a study. Researchers from the University of Lethbridge say a study in April showed at least 13 cannabis plants were in high CBD that appeared to affect the ACE2 pathways that the bug uses to access the body. So my interpretation of that is like it's the weed is doing something to where it's like wherever the, the virus enters the body is preventing that. Here's a quote. We were totally stunned at first and then we were really happy. Yeah, because you're smoking all that weed. There's <laughs> August Kolbuchuk told TV. The results printed in an online journal preprints indicate hemp extracts high in CBD may help block proteins that provide a gateway for the coronavirus to enter the body. So that's cool. Um, you know, it's, it's more of another reason why I'm, I'm in support and um, an advocate for, for medical marijuana and recreational marijuana. It goes without saying, when I take the, the office, the White House, like, I'm pushing for legalization. But like, yeah, there's, this is pretty cool. So they said um, it, it it slows it down by like 70% is what they're saying. And they said our work could have a huge influence. There aren't many drugs that have the potential to reduce infections by 70 to 80%. That's mm -hmm. why. And again, this is another reason why we is threatening Big Pharma. But my advice to Big Pharma, I know you're listening to but like, um, Pump some money into into the pot. Don't adulterate it. Keep it pure. Keep it nice. Keep it clean. But you can make some money. You can make some good money with that and really do some justice. Stop the uh, how you say masquerading around like yeah like we're curing people with our pharmaceutical companies with side effects are like death and suicidal thoughts. Yeah. Grow some weed, guys. But um, that's my positive story. Life is good. Life is grand. Hold on, hold on. Everybody, take three deep breaths. Come on. One more. 
Because, yeah, right now there's someone on a, a respirator right now who can't do that or they're dead. So, like, if you can do that right now, you are blessed. If you're alive, you're free, and you're healthy, you are blessed. And, you know what I'm saying? Like, today is your day to have a wonderful day. And Memorial Day is around the corner, so it's a three-day weekend. But, yeah. like, yeah, man. Everybody out there, stay blessed, stay healthy, take care of one another, be nice to one another, don't yeah. be great, don't be mean, and just enjoy life and, and pursue your, uh, your 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 version or vision of happiness. Did you what have any remarks? Uh, what was the other two stories you had? The church? Uh, the and... Oh, yeah, sir, the church that got burnt down that was defying like, the, the orders. I don't know if they had any suspects on that. Okay. That was in Mississippi, right? Was it? Let me see that real quick. Boom, 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 boom. Okay. So, yeah, this is my Times, Mississippi Church, arson, arson. So, the church that defied coronavirus restrictions is burnt to the ground. Wow. A message at the scene said, bet you stay home now. Wow. So, that's pretty crazy. But, yeah. um, this is, and again, this this whole COVID thing is it's, it's fucking with people so much that they're doing shit like this. They're like somebody out there thought they were doing America a service mm-hmm. down that church. That's how people, how deranged people are in mm-hmm. these times of COVID. They thought they were doing someone's service by burning down that church, saying, "I bet you, you stay home now." That's kind of sad. Yeah, that's foul. And then the other last story is that guy arrested <laughs> for illegally stuffing his deceased wife and exposing it. Oh, and- yeah. <laughs> okay, so I have stuffed wife. Yeah. All right, over here. Let me read this one. So Arizona taxidermist, and for our upgraders who are listening who don't know what that is, it's like, say you shoot a deer or a wolf or something like that, and you want to, like, stuff the body or the head, you take it to a taxidermist. And then they treat it with chemicals, and then, then you, you got a deer on your wall. But anyways, this gentleman, he was arrested for stuffing his dead wife and keeping yeah. her on a couch in the living room. That's gross. Yeah. Um, how they found that out, who could say? So Flagstaff, Arizona, a man was arrested this morning by deputies on the Coco... Coco... Oh, I'm an County yeah. Sheriff's Office for illegally stuffing the body of his deceased wife and exposing it in his residence living room. Okay, that's gross. So, I'm just hoping he didn't kill her. Alright. I don't know. Anyways, uh, 51-year-old Maurice Patterson is a renowned taxidermist who earns a living by stuffing animals. Destined to kept his hunting trophies or pet memorials. According to the police report, when his wife Mary died of breast cancer, okay, so he didn't kill her. She died of breast cancer two years ago. He decided to memorialize her his own unique way. Mr. Patterson stuffed his wife with incredible care before dressing her up and placing her in a sitting position on his, her usual couch. Frank Robbins, a friend of the accused, says the illusions were so perfect that he didn't even know Mary was dead. Wow. The police told me she had been dead for at least two years, but I have to admit I never noticed, even if I saw her dozens of times, I've always seen her silent in her corner watching TV. Eh. That's wild. 
But I mean, it's wild, but it's not so bad. It's not like he murdered her and then like stalked her and then just played it off. Yeah. Like, I, to some deranged way, I get it. He's grieving, and I don't want to say I get it. It's, I don't know, man. It's like, yeah, it's a crime, but like against who? Yeah, it's weird. I was thinking like. In a weird way, it's his right as an American to kind of be able to do that in a sense. Not necessarily, it's breaking the law, but. But at the same time, it's, it's almost like he's memorializing his, yeah. his life. And it's like, if you got, they do it in the, you know, the Vatican, like where you have all these saints and popes and stuff like that. I don't know. Were I the judge in, in this case, I'd let him off. I would say he just did it. He probably did it the wrong way. He didn't go through the proper channels. I think if he had done there's, that, there's, there's a channel that you can get. Yo, I want to stuff my dead wife. Like, well, think about it. Hold on. You got the paperwork for that. Think about it though. Like, for you to do certain stuff when you bury people, or whatever, and there there is a process like death certificate, like all this stuff, right? Right. I would say it is abnormal to stuff your wife and keep her say or spouse or whatever keep them in the home but if maybe he had done it that way it would have been a story uh, how strange and unique this was but not illegal if he had went through the proper channels so that's all I'm saying like I, I know there's really no blueprint and, huh? and you said there's no blueprint yeah. I'm just curious like if there if those channels exist like they would release, if they would release human remains, remains to uh, to to someone to do that, I don't know. I mean, in his case, he is a taxidermist, so he is like he a professional. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so I, I just know. think it's a, it's a, it's just so grotesque that no, I don't know. Maybe there are laws that are, as you mentioned, there there's there could quite possibly be a proper channel to go through it, but again, um. This is his way of grieving, like it was his wife. I forget how long they've been married, but I wouldn't want him to do no jail time for that. Yeah, so the charges basically, the trial starts in, I guess, January. I don't know what year. What year was this written? Does it say? Um, I guess this is, it doesn't really say what year it was written. Um. Ew, uh, ew. I think this is this like is a, May fourth, twenty twenty. Oh, okay. I think, bro. To be honest, I think this site is like some onion shit. <laughs> it says WorldNewsDailyReport.com. So yeah, I wouldn't. Um, again, I'm taking it with a grain of salt, and yeah. I only say from my unprofessional opinion with in, in law, like I wouldn't want him to do no work. Uh, Fines, yeah. If he got some bread, one, yeah, I, I hit him with. Fine, I don't well, know. If, 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 if he's found guilty on all charges, is twenty years in prison and a fine of one hundred and fifty grand. So the charges were desecration of a human corpse and abuse of a dead body. That's what the charges were. Allegedly, this is supposed to be, I guess, a satire site. So. Take it with what it is. We just can't like that. twenty years in jail, like yo, that's for murders and rapists and shit. Like, yeah. 
not for stuffing your dead wife. That you huh? didn't kill. You gotta emphasize that. <laughs> but nah, man, I don't know. Bro, um... We ended positively... Kind? <laughs> yeah. We did end positive, then we brought in the, the stuffed wife thing. Oh, so, we can we can finish out the positive. I think it's positive. He's put put a positive spin. I'm good at PR, so that shows his devotion to his wife and his undying love, pun intended, um, to <laughs> their love. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna look at it like he's memorializing his wife on Memorial Day. You know, we're in that theme, so I said, why that's not? How, that's how I'm looking at it, and like I said, yeah. were I a judge in that matter? Man, yeah, no um, twenty years. Yeah. Else is uh. So what you got for memorial? What you got going on for memorial? Then? Um, catch up with a couple people. Not too big a crowd. Um, I haven't seen since we we're a little more free in Florida. Um, mm-hmm. move around a little bit today. Um, Monday, I'm not sure. Definitely, um, moment of silence. Yes, indeed. Start off the day and probably to end the night. I will do beginning and end and then just go for now I don't know probably something calming I want to do on Monday for sure um since everything will be closed anyway for the most part on top of Rona yeah I know right <laughs> yeah so it's kind of ironic like all right um that's really it what about yourself um I'm gonna get ready to go hang with my bro and okay. you know show him for a little bit as far as Memorial Day I'm editing our, our blessed podcast. True. Um, I love it. I really do enjoy it. And, um, you know, maybe chill out with some more friends and family. It's to be determined. But um, at the same time, I will be taking some time to uh, to remember everyone who, who has given that ultimate sacrifice. And, Absolutely. You know, also to be grateful that I made it out alive, that you made it out alive. You know yeah. Other or, friends out there who are, you know, who are still serving, like be safe. Yeah. But, anyways, um, thank you for hanging out with us on the Upgrade America podcast. It's always a pleasure. We uh, hope you you learned something. You're, you're well informed, and I learned a few things. CJ, it's always just me something new. Yeah. Shout out to you, man. Always pushing my critical thinking and forcing me to answer questions directly because <laughs> i've been picking up politician uh, i was about to say man you're becoming a very well uh very good politician <laughs> well no this it, it, i think this show it pushes um it pushes us to one to really dig into the news to learn some facts and, and to present it in, in a reasonable way but again to the audience if y'all learned anything new anything of value like please like it subscribe to the channel share it you know and if you're if you're really brave enough come on the show and um, not really big into debates i like to have more sophisticated conversations but absolutely we can talk about anything yeah enjoy your your day night wherever you're at in the world enjoy your your um, enjoy your your weekend or what's left of it yeah don't stay blessed and stay healthy That's all I got. Catch you on the next episode. Peace. Peace.